Hello, you are listening to KaneCast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick. And with me today, I have Chris Armbruster, Portfolio Manager and Senior Research Analyst with the Kane Anderson Rudnick Mid-Cap Growth Strategy. Chris, first and foremost, thank you for the time and the insights that you provide our listeners. Chris, the second quarter of 2022 saw continued levels of heightened volatility leading to overall negative returns across most equity equity classes. Can you discuss some of the key drivers that drove these returns during the quarter? From 1998 to 2008, 10 years, M2, a commonly used measure of money supply that includes M1, currency and coins held by the non-bank public, checkable deposits, and traveler's checks, plus savings deposits, including money market deposit accounts, small time deposits under $100,000, and shares in retail money market funds, doubled from $4 trillion to $8 trillion. In the 14 years since, it has grown an additional 170% to almost $22 trillion. This unprecedented increase in liquidity appears to have artificially inflated a number of assets along the way. Now, the Federal Reserve is embarking on a journey to course correct. The Fed raised the federal funds rate by 125 basis points during the second quarter, including its largest single hike since 1994, and began its process of quantitative tightening, allowing a portion of its $9 trillion balance sheet to mature without reinvesting the proceeds. These two pieces of monetary policy are designed to curb the inflation that is showing up in higher-than-expected consumer price index increases, which hit a four-decade high of 8.6% in May. While the Fed has somewhat effective tools to limit demand in the economy, the sources of inflation continue to include elements of supply pressures as the war between Russia and Ukraine rages, China continues to enact lockdowns to implement its zero-COVID policy, Supply chains and logistics bottlenecks persist, and the fallout of environmental regulations has reduced overall oil production in the U.S., fueling a key component of inflation, energy prices. The persistence of the supply-related inflation pressures increases the risk of policy error and has injected this heightened volatility into the markets. Chris, traditionally, cane portfolios have held up better during market downturns given our focus on high-quality companies. Generally speaking, this hasn't been the case during 2022. Can you describe some of the key reasons behind this? Most down markets are characterized by slowing global growth and tame inflation that clears the way for the Federal Reserve to enact stimulative monetary policy to reverse the course of the economy. In these instances, cyclical, capital-intensive companies are the first to feel the sting of the downdraft, which typically winds up having an outsized impact on their businesses. The KAR portfolios own less capital-intensive companies that self-fund growth and are insulated to some extent from those macro factors. Today's particular period of volatility comes on the heels of a few notable years for our growth-oriented names due to the global pandemic, which has made the year-over-year comparisons extremely difficult. Additionally, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, lockdowns in China, and logistics nightmares have put unusual pressures on the supply side of the market that are cascading down through the supply chain to royal production and eat into margins of even the highest quality businesses. Finally, many businesses in the mid-cap growth portfolio are what we like to refer to as longer duration, in that we believe their ultimate success and business economics will accrue to the company further into the future. In our experience, 
these long-duration assets are particularly sensitive to interest rates, as those future economics are discounted back to a value today using those rates, causing these names to pull back harder than companies whose economic returns are stronger today. Chris, what were some of the names that detracted most from performance during the quarter, as well as some of the key names for contribution during the quarter for the mid-cap growth portfolio? The top five contributors to the mid-cap growth portfolio this quarter are functional energy beverage maker Celsius Holdings, energy drink leader Monster Beverage, implantable columnar lens pioneer Star Surgical, spirits distiller Brown Foreman, and LaCroix parent company National Beverage. The name we would like to spend a little more time with this quarter is Celsius Holdings. Fitness Functional Energy is a rapidly growing subsegment, about 4%, of the overall energy drink market. Celsius has made a name for itself through its thermogenic property. Backed by six clinical studies, the drink was proven to increase metabolism and activate the nervous system to cause your body to burn more calories and body fat than it normally would. While the brand started in the fitness channels, it has expanded to over 140,000 doors and has transitioned to a direct store delivery model in about 99% of major metro markets. The biggest proof point for how relevant the brand has become comes from Amazon, where Celsius is the second largest energy drink brand with an 18% share ahead of more established brands that have been selling on the platform for years. Shares had trended down in the first quarter of the year with the rest of the high-growth, high-multiple stocks, and then the company had to delay filing its quarter-end documents due to some accounting issues with stock option calculations. During the second quarter, the company finally filed, and optimism strengthened for its long-term opportunity as a competitor suffered an unfavorable arbitration ruling related to the use of its name. As a result, the competitor's distribution agreement was terminated with a major soft drink manufacturer, paving the way for Celsius to potentially capture some additional market share. All the while, we have seen underlying takeaway demand for the product, as measured by independent third parties, remain robust. The bottom five detractors from the mid-cap growth portfolio of the quarter were automated bill payment enabler Bill.com, Regional Bank Signature, South and Latin American e-commerce and fintech provider Mercado Libre, programmatic advertising platform TradeDesk, and landscape supply distributor SiteOne. The detractor we wanted to spend more time on this quarter is Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre is a leading e-commerce and financial technology business in Latin and South America. During the height of the pandemic, Mercado's e-commerce platform and digital payments capabilities became important services for many residents of that region. While gross merchandise value and total payment volume growth remain elevated, they have predictably softened from the pace of 2020 and 2021, and Mercado's multiple has compressed with the rest of the growth-oriented names. E-commerce growth remains higher than in the U.S. because of its lower overall penetration but Mercado Libre did lose active shoppers sequentially in the most recent quarter for the first time in a while. Meanwhile, Mercado has been rapidly expanding its credit origination business, with the overall portfolio up and revenue coming in at a meaningful share of the fintech segment. And while Mercado Libre expects them to normalize to the high single digits like its peers due to data and experience with the product, Non-performing loans continue to balloon and are now a significant portion of the portfolio. Also on our radar is the rapid rise of a competitor within a Singaporean conglomerate. The competitor launched its e-commerce offering in Brazil in October 2019, but by August 2021, 
it was already the most downloaded shopping app and just reported substantial order growth dramatically exceeding what has been reported by the rest of the industry, including Mercado Libre. Right now, we believe the competitor isn't truly comparable, offering a low price point marketplace with in-app mini-games where users can win coupons for playing. Its delivery times are also in the 6-16 to day range, where a large percentage of Mercado's deliveries happen in just 48 hours. That said, it bears watching whether the rapidity with which the competitor has gained a toehold in the market might be the start it needs to move up the value chain. Finally, reports show that while the competitor still loses money on every order, that loss has been trending down over the last six months. With the negatives from Mercado Libre building, we did trim our position during the quarter. Chris, lastly, as we move into the third quarter, what are some of the key considerations you and the team are evaluating from a portfolio perspective? Many of our holdings are levered to the new economy. Things like digital infrastructure and interactions, software, and automation. Over the last five years, many new players joined this new economy, funded by zealous investors at aggressive valuations. We are vigilant for signs that these companies overspent on technology solutions, overhired, and or overcompensated employees with artificially inflated equity. We have already started to see the flip side of these trends, as many large companies have announced hiring freezes, layoffs, and spending reductions. We have also seen multiples contract, but have yet to see meaningful downward revisions to sales and earnings targets. We believe it is likely a number of companies lower outlooks when they report earnings over the next few months. While we don't think any sort of new economy implosion is imminent or even likely, we acknowledge its potential and are therefore laser-focused on the fundamentals of our holdings for signs of longer-term stresses and to identify the truly unique companies that will emerge as leaders on the other side. As always, thank you very much for the time and the insight you provide our listeners, and we look forward to future conversations. Canecast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of the recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.